0: what's going on everybody welcome back to the boomcast we have another exciting episode here for you today as always i am your host storm i have my co-host evil with me hey what's up guys
1: if you could do us a great favor like comment subscribe hit that little bell and turn on your notifications it'd be great for the channel
0: yes sir and today we have a very special guest he is a content creator boasting over 5.5 million views on youtube with a community Over 41,000 strong. He's the host of the Best of Three podcast, as well as a sports enthusiast. Everybody give it up for the man behind Salvation's Elite. Josh, welcome to the show, my man. Oh, man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Absolute honor. I'm excited to be here, man. And experience the Boomcast, baby. Let's go. Right on.
0: Mm. And so to start it off, we always like to ask our guests, who is Josh? Who is Mr. Salvation's elite today? How would you describe yourself to someone who has no idea who you are?
2: Well, I'm, I mean, pretty straightforward, for, I guess be, I would say I'm a content creator. I, uh, you nailed the sports enthusiast, definitely aspect of it. I mean, that's kind of why I got into esports in the first place was for my love of sports. Um, I'm out here just pursuing, pursuing what I love at the end of the day. And, and like, it really, that's what it is. It's pursuing I'm a guy out here pursuing my passions and trying to make my passions my full-time job. That's kind of as, as simple as it gets.
0: That's that's very relatable, especially in this scene. And there's a lot of people, even in our following, people who watch this show. That's extremely relatable. Um, esports is the passion project, and it's that it's that upward climb to make it the uh, full-time gig, right?
2: Hundred percent, man. It's like you know, it's like there's you never really you never really feel like at least yet. Like I'm, I definitely haven't hit the point of like this is for sure full-time yet. <laughs> um i'm trying to make that the case and and like continually working towards every day so it's kind of fun to wake up and kind of have like that that like goal like all right this is what we got to do this today to make sure we can make this thing a full-time thing and and continue going in that sense so
0: for sure um, it kind of
2: is that cool motivating factor to to work those extra hours when it's like you know late at night you're like well i could just chill and watch netflix show or i could do something productive and grind a little bit that's that's always where i find the fun of it like for sure so
0: yeah, man. As long as that passion's still there, it doesn't really matter what time of day or how yeah. busy your day was. You, you grind out those videos, you put in that work and yeah, c- continue, you know, fighting for the dream, right?
2: 100%. Like, that's what it's all about. Like, if, like, you know, the, the classic saying, like, if if, if it's not, if it's work doesn't feel like work, then it's not work. Like, that's kind of the goal at the end of the day is just to make work not feel like work. And yeah. we're, we're, we're slowly working our way there. Yeah. So things you love to see.
0: 100%. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> take a take us back for a second. Uh take us back to your first, I guess, interaction with esports. Like when did you first hear about it? Um how did it, you know, what was that feeling like? What what were you watching? Like who someone tell you about it? Like what yeah. what was your first interaction with esports? Take Man, us back. So
2: it dates back to I I went to my buddy's house on the day after so the day after Christmas when the day after like Christmas in what was that 2012? Black Ops 2. And I, my buddy got Black Ops 2 for Christmas. And I was like, bro, I need to get Black Ops 2. Yeah. And so I, I had played COD at friends' houses before and stuff, but I had never, like, ever owned one myself up until Black Ops 2. And then I was like, the next day, I was like, like Dad, I, I have to be able to get Black Ops 2. So, <laughs> you know, we got Black Ops 2. And ever since then, it's been a downhill slope. The first time I heard about esports would have been on YouTube at some point from Nade Shot. I mean, it would have been. I think I started watching Drifters videos, like Tips videos, and then I kind of like found Nade shot at some point through probably some recommended video or something, and then um, that's where esports began. So Sweet. I was the obnoxious optic fanboy for a little while there, and then after Nade shot retired, I became just kind of a fan of COD esports, and that's where I started like talking about it on YouTube, you know. So
0: okay, so the inception of your channel and your content uh, wasn't too far far after that. No,
2: no. So, I mean, I, I had been posting, like, on YouTube, like, random, like, the simple gameplay, like, clipped <laughs> stuff or, like, a little commentary here or there, like, since, um, basically, I started, my first videos I posted were at the end of Black Ops 2, and then, yeah, then I started posting uh, really consistently on Salvation Elite in Ghost, and then basically really started going hard with it in Black Ops 3 which when I really doubled down, like start really going forward, which would have been my freshman year of college. Right on. So, yeah, kind of just throughout that period and then just kept just having fun with it because it was kind of just what I always loved doing. So makes sense from there.
1: How did you uh, come up with the, the Salvation's Elite Gamer Tag?
2: Oh, man, classic. So um, back at the end of Black Ops 2, I was like, I need to find people to play with. So I had like my buddies to play with. And then, like, especially at the beginning of Ghost, a lot of my friends didn't like Ghost, but I loved Ghost. And Ghost so, was goaded. I loved it. And so I I couldn't get off the game. And I had none of my friends liked it. So I wanted to just keep playing. I, I tried to find a clan to go play with. And there was clan wars gonna, that was going to be happening during Ghost and everything. So, like, I wanted to have a group of people to, like, really grind with. This was basically mostly pubs at the time, even though I was watching competitive COD. Um, and so I, I was, like, searching. I just literally searched, like, like... like like COD Ghost Clans or Call of Duty Clans (laughs) and came across Elite Christians. And I was like, I'm in. And so basically (laughs) that that was where the name Elite came from was like, I wanted to like kind of create a gamer tag to like to fit in inside of the clan. And so that's why I called myself Salvation's Elite. And that's kind of how it was birthed.
0: I always That's love the stories, cool. man, of people's like first gamer tags and how they came to be. Because like, oh, yeah. oftentimes, like, so for example, like some of your following for they might have an idea in their head of like how you came up with the name, and it's probably like the exact opposite of what they're thinking. You know what I mean? Right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I always thought it was I just kind of like thought about it for a while. I was like, "What would be a cool name? I don't know. Salvation. Sal- I'm the elite of the of salvation. I don't know. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> sure, why not? That will work. Hey. And uh, I. Cause I was kind of like trying to come up with a YouTube name at the same time of like creating a name, you know, that would work well for that. Yeah. So originally I just posted it. We, I was posting gameplays with a buddy of mine. Like we call it like Josh and Tay games back in the day, <laughs> Right. but we only put we'll a few <clears throat> videos on that channel and then, um, ended up doing my own thing with Salvation's elite. But yeah, it's, it's always those crazy stories are, are wild to hear what happens early on with gamer tags. you never know what you're going to get. Are right those on.
1: videos still on the, the tubers?
2: Yeah, I think so. There's some, I mean, there's a legendary one that I have. There's a, there's an absolutely legendary one which kickstarted my, which really inspired me to like really pursue, give me like, or see like the road to go viral, viral at the time. Um, if you remember the, what does the wolf say song? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Of course, legendary, you know? So I, on that channel, I made a song called what does the noob say? All right. <laughs> and so I made a literal meme song just posted just thought it was funny to make and getting like 10,000 views it has like a 50-50 like to dislike ratio That's wow. sick dude and i was like so at the time i was like oh my word I a mean, video had 10,000 views that i made and that kind of like really helped me like really gave me the next like kick to kind of post during ghost and uh, get the channel rolling in that sense, but it's kind of weird that that was what kickstarted started it because the video. We'll
0: is have so, to. We'll have so to find bad. that. We'll I have totally to find bad. that link and gas <laughs> it up here, dude. It's
2: so bad, bro. It's so <laughs> bad. And look, uh, people,
0: people, if you're watching this right now yeah. and it's on the screen, we somehow got it out of Josh. And <laughs> oh, and I mean, you
2: know, well, and you can find it. I literally, it, it's there. It's there.
0: <laughs>
2: Sniper goes bang. shoddy go boom. Nate's blow up and sub shoot fast. Shocks go spark, axe goes whoosh. And the tryhard always wins. Spams go fast, rage win now. <laughs> we are there forever. Yeah, and uh, so I have it as a secret command in my Twitch chat that I don't know if anyone's actually ever found. But I, I have talked about it a few times on other streams and stuff, so. It is a good time. It's comedy. I probably need to post a reaction video of it at some point, like maybe during the off season. Oh, yeah, for I mean, sure. You got you have to. Yeah. That's
0: quality yeah. content. I
2: also have a lot of like old videos that I privated because they were just so bad. Like, I privated like <laughs> three years ago. So I'm like, oh, my word. They're so bad.
0: Dude, we like, have we have three episodes of this podcast. The first three that we have privated just because like, it was like <laughs> – Dude, it was the test run. It was, it was
1: like super cringy, dude. I was ripping beers and like shots of Jaeger. <laughs> yeah, like we didn't. Yeah. It...
2: Hell yeah! <laughs> I, was,
1: I was in my garage, man, with like my phone set up against uh, really? my monitor. Yeah, in my garage, on my phone set up against a monitor. Expect that on a freaking lawn chair, dude, just that ripping, so ripping awesome. Corona's in you We were,
0: we were just chatting CDL. We were just chatting oh, Call of dude. Duty. Yeah, it was wild. That's wild, bro. I but hey, that. you got to start somewhere, right? And we tell well, all our, what not do? Yeah. We tell all our followers, like, if, if content creation is something that you're interested in, um, if that's something you want to, you know, aspire to be a content creator and achieve, you got to start somewhere. Doesn't matter what camera you got. Doesn't matter the quality of your mic. Just start creating if you have a good idea, you know?
2: Yeah, literally. I mean, so many people like overthink the start. It's like, you don't have to think about it. Just kind of post things that you are on your mind that you enjoy or uh, just gameplays. plays. Have some fun with it. Try to be a little bit creative put a twist on things and just slowly develop your skills as a content creator. Cause the views are not going to be there at the beginning. I mean, that's just facts. I mean, yeah. I posted like a hundred videos before I hit, before I hit like a hundred subscribers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like it, it was- it, it's, it's the algorithm. It's, it's, it's almost like paying your dues in a way as well. Right. Yeah. Like oh, sure. I kind of get it like, you know, YouTube or whatever algorithm, whatever, whatever platform you're posting on, like they're not going to promote or they're not going to, you know, Push something. Someone who's you know puts up ten episodes of something or ten ten clips of something and just stops out of nowhere. Like you have to. Yeah. It's the proving grounds. Like, are you a content creator? Oh, hundred videos, two hundred videos. Wow, every day. You know, same day every week. Like, this is something we can get behind. And consistency yeah. is the key, right? Consistency yeah. is the consistency key. Consistency
2: is the key. Like developing a community. Like trying to find ways to create relationships relationships with the audience that's watching. And like, even if you have. No, because if you have five five consistent viewers who watch your YouTube videos, you're getting like 10 views a video. Like mm-hmm. if you can keep those five people around, that'll slowly turn and, and start snowballing. But you got to be able to keep them around and, and keep them yeah. entertained and engaged and reply to as many comments as possible. And I mean, I've always really prioritized like replying to comments and, and being like proactive in that regard. And yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of ways you kind of like really attack it. And I 100% agree that there is like that kind of like developing yourself as the content creator. It takes a lot of time because I mean, I mean, literally, I would say my first two 300 videos were terrible. Like, I mean, I I could, I didn't even know how to talk to the camera very well. I just kind of, I liked hearing the sound of my own voice, because that's why I'm obnoxious at AF. <laughs> and so I didn't have a problem recording at two hundred videos, apparently. But like looking back now, it's like, bro, what yeah. the
0: world?
1: Well, at some point, I mean, so you, you think of your content. Most of your content is pulled from. Content right, CDL yeah. pros. You're taking that stuff and you're creating your own version of it, right? Sure. To a certain extent, while it, while people started first going to you for that, now they're coming to to view you and your own like call it brand yeah. voice. You know what I mean? Like people yeah, exactly. are viewing your videos for you now more so than what the pros are doing. You know what I mean? So
2: right. No, yeah, <clears> hundred percent. <throat> I mean, like you know, you want to get to a point like at least with my channel, kind of like where it's like. You know, there's the like in a sports perspective. It's like there's the sports center that covers the news, which at this point is basically tactical rap. Yep. And then like I'm trying to be like Colin Coward or like a, a personality. You know, your Skip Baylesses of the world, your whoever it is, to to kind of get the like, Pat McAfee, bro. Pat McAfee's of the world to uh to to spin it and and put that like extra flair of of take on it or like the the, the opinion or whatever it is onto the content. And I mean, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of room in the space, a lot of space in the rooms for people like that 100 uh, to to do it. And so I mean that's the biggest thing is I think generally people see other creators as like a interference. I mean like you know there are hurdles when when everyone's watching the flank after a video goes or after the matches go live. It's a little bit tough to live stream right after a match yeah. right now because the flank yeah. has like 10,000 viewers it's all not to
1: mention i mean the flank is also a vibe dude
2: oh it is and, and like and, they and, hit and, that show out of the park oh for sure and tommy brings the vibes and and uh, all the pros love them so it makes it easy to get the actual honest opinions which is something i've been preaching for a long time that they need to have a former pro do do the post-game interviews even as great as like you know whoever is doing them whatever it's like if it's like in the past like jess or you know lottie now but like I don't know. I think you need to have their friends doing the interviews, mm-hmm. the best out of them. And you're seeing what happens when Zuma's doing that now on the flank. Yeah. And guys are willing to just say it out how it is with them. So it's,
0: like, yeah, it's a lot more honest. Been... That lo- that barrier is almost taken down, right? When it's a yeah, pro to a pro.
2: Exactly. And like the pros trust each other on that regard. And so it's like, that's where it's been so good for the, the COD scene. And like, we've never had pros talk about their gameplay after a match before. Yeah. It's so like, that's kind of where I think. The flank's been just so dominant in that regard and hard to beat with, with uh, viewership right after matches because it's just kind of like, it just makes a lot of sense why it's succeeding. Man,
1: I completely agree with you. I mean, it's nothing against Lottie or any of them. Oh, I, mean, sure. I love having those females in the scene and stuff like that, but exactly what you were just saying, having another pro who's been in the league just recently who is their friend he still plays 8s with them and everything yeah he knows he's not going to get some weird off the wall questions that are just not really connected to the community sure. um you're going to get the stuff that people want to know you know what i mean
2: yeah and, and like <clears throat> i think Tommy does a great job of like asking those like like pinpoint questions and then yeah. the pros respect him enough and like have enough of a like a a past history with him to answer them honestly for sure is, like, rare nowadays with the cod pros with how like like concealed they've been and secretive they've been the past two years well yeah,
0: so. i compare it to so I, I live in canada i'm in the toronto area okay. toronto canada yeah, uh huge uh, hockey fan obviously wait <laughs> what, what'd you say <laughs> what'd he say <laughs> oh, i said bonjour Oh, bonjour! No, that you got to go more east. Montreal. Yeah, 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 Montreal. Yeah, yeah. That
2: was a fantasy footballers reference right there. Yeah. I, it's because whenever anyone's from Canada, the fancy footballers just say bonjour. Yeah, bonjour. So that was a fancy football reference. <laughs>
0: Freaking from upcountry, man. Know, oh man. man,
2: outrageous!
0: But I, I'm a huge hockey fan, right? And you know the hockey player lingo is like it's well known you know it in the sports world anyway and their post game interviews are known as the most boring bland dry like all of their interviews are just complete you know, boringness. They don't give anything. They don't give any insight. It's all like the same answer. So I kind they're of attribute like
2: on the ice, and yeah. They're boring AF in the interviews. Like what?
0: Yeah, Make but it, it's happen. like that level of like secrecy almost, and that like bro code, um, like that hockey players code. Like they don't like to talk about things. And there's that level in the CDL as well of w- amongst the pros, and you know, just another example of it. Like, but Zuma, like this one show is kind of like chipping away at that barrier i feel like
2: right and i agree it's i mean like think about like a sim like we've seen countless interviews with him with the cdl and i had never really thought twice about like if he's a good personality or whatnot i'm just like oh you know it's a sim it's, he's he's chill he gets hyped during matches but like you've seen a whole nother vibe of a sim like on the on the flank that you had never seen before and i'm like dude he could be an incredible content creator oh yeah if he wanted to be and, like, we never, ever saw that in any of the Rocker content last year or, like, in any of the post-game interviews because, like, there wasn't that level of comfort that the pros had. Right. And, like, that's why Tommy's able to bring it out. So, it's like, shout out Zuma for that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Back to you, though, Josh. Wanted to get a little background. So, you know, speaking on, you know, finding your lane uh, within, you know, the esports world, content world, our lane, we 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 kind of like to be the late night of podcasts here
2: okay, I respect it. so we got a
0: bunch of segments we got a bunch of fun stuff that we like to put our guests through so first segment i want to run you through we call the triple f segment and essentially it's to get to know your gaming history a little better Okay. See, see, see where you grew up what games you started playing etc so the first question it consists of three questions three f's uh first question is what was the very first video game you ever played in memory that's a good
2: question take us um, back man it, it the, the, there's three games that come to mind i'm not sure in what order i played them in and i if anyone knows of these games i'll be shocked so for the, well, the first two the first two were on my grandma's Macintosh computer. Oh boy. And I could only play them at her house. And that's why I, that's like one of my first, first games I ever played. It was called, uh, it was called power Pete on the Mac. And it was like this game that was barely just came with the Mac. And, and of course, somehow I, I found it as a kid. I don't even know how. And I played the crap out of that game every time I went to my grandma's house. And then it was also, there's another one called like road runners on that, on that Mac. And so I played those games a ton, like as like a three, four year old. Right on. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are legendary. But then the game that I probably played the most, like like preschool kindergarten, that I know for a fact, like I played the crap out of this game was none other than the legendary backyard baseball. That okay. Baseball I played the crap out of <laughs> yeah. as a kid. I, I would wake up like at my parents have to like have like I would wake up like at five AM, like two hours before I leave for school, just to go play backyard baseball. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a classic, was, man. That's a I classic.
2: Was I was obsessed as a kid with it. And so uh that's definitely there for sure
0: did that spark any interest in baseball itself or did you were you already interested in I baseball I was
2: already a baseball fan so like that kind of played into that i'm sure um my that was kind of like the sport that my dad watched the most like when i was growing up and right so on. i was i was he's from california he's northern california so a giants fan so i was a the biggest barry bonds fan growing up i love big barry, barry bonds.
0: <laughs> big b oh,
2: yeah and uh you know and that translated to me loving baseball and, and playing that as a kid but uh yeah it, that was definitely the, the first few games that came
0: to mind right on and that macintosh was it one of those colored back ones with like the one screen
2: it, I, I literally couldn't even tell you i don't know they were just it was massive it was okay <laughs> You know, like the monitor was massive and it sat on top of like the desktop part of it. You know? OK, yeah. so the
0: real old ones. OK, I got yeah, you. Yeah, The
2: real old ones. So You got like the big old box and then the desktop on top of yeah. it. Yeah. You know, like Right yeah, on. It was really wild. Yeah. So you've been
0: gaming. You've been gaming for a minute, as they say.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got suckered into that early as a kid. I was mostly sports games growing up because those were like the most like E-rated things my parents let me let me do. But
0: makes sense. Uh, yeah for sure yeah all right next f uh stands for forgettable what was the most forgettable video game you ever played so what that means is a game that you know you did put some time into you purchased but like you're you know if someone approached you with it today you're like hell no i'm never playing that game ever again
2: (laughs) that's a great question man i don't know it's kind of a paradox because it's like if it's forgettable then i probably won't remember it Mm -hmm. (laughs) um hmm, that's a good question do you wait? Do you have an example of one of you guys's that, that comes to mind that I could get, like, kind of like get my wheels turning?
0: Yeah. Uh. Well, Jim, we were talking about it last podcast. Uh, Anthem is one. Anthem. It was a huge letdown.
2: Oh wow!
0: Okay. Huge <laughs> letdown. Uh, uh. Another example would be like if you're, which we know you are, if you're super into the COD series, it would be yeah. a COD that just didn't hit. You know? Whoa!
2: Whoa! 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 whoa, whoa. All CODs hit. All right. That's, that's, <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> fair enough.
2: <laughs> all right. Cause it's it's video games. This here's the tier list of video games. All CODs up here, even the yeah. worst ones, like still off the screen up here.
0: Think about you know? what? Think about a game that was just a huge letdown. Like you were hyped for it, but it yeah, just. That's a great question. Yeah.
2: Um. Maybe. Maybe Battlefield One. Like I. I was like definitely interested in the Battlefield stuff, even like with being interested in Call of Duty, and I was like looking forward to it. But like, both Battlefield One and uh, what was was that just Battlefield Five then? Yeah. yeah terrible those were huge disappointments i try and look at like my video games back there to see if one one uh rings my memory Re-
0: reaches out and yeah like one you. one you're not putting in anytime soon fifa 20 fifa 20 was sucked okay
2: <laughs> pissed.
0: you're not the only person you're not you're the second person to say fifa so really yep dang who's the other one uh was it tommy I believe I think it it was. I think it might have been Tommy uh, or could have been someone else. Uh, But yeah, you're not the only one that said the FIFA just didn't hit.
2: Man, I mean, I love FIFA, FIFA 12 through FIFA 19. I loved all of those. And then FIFA 20 was just really disappointing. And I did not buy FIFA 21 for the first time since FIFA
0: 12. Right on. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, it, I know it, it's a paradox of a question, but I always like to see just what video games disappointed people, you know, and yeah, then to follow up with that, we have our last F, which would be, so I'll, I'll paint you a picture here. You're trapped on an island. You have thousand up, thousand down internet. Oh, great start. <laughs> okay. You yeah. got any console or PC of choice, This island's awesome. you only get one video game for the rest of your life. What fit? What's your favorite video game? What are you taking with you?
2: Oh man! Like ideally, you need a game that just keeps giving. I mean, so this is assuming you could, in theory, play multiplayer still. Mm -hmm. Servers are populated. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, there would be then two games that come to mind. It's Black Ops Two would be the would that would be the the call there. It has to be Black Ops Two. I mean, you got the zombies experience, you got the multiplayer experience. You know, you can keep yourself entertained there. (laughs) Yep. Um, at least for quite a while. The other game would be any of them, but probably Age of Empires 3 would be another go-to. I love Age of Empires. And you can keep kind of challenging yourself there online and offline with the CPU too. So right on. go with one of those games as well be the other honorable mention. All right.
1: There we which, go. Which Age of Empires was Age of Empires 3? Was it, it wasn't the Aztec okay. one, was it?
2: <laughs> the third one.
1: They had uh, themes
2: though. Uh, no, yeah. So yeah, the Age Empires one, Age of Empires three was the Aztec one. So that had as well. Technically, was the Aztec a, like an expansion to it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, because Age of Empires one came out like in 1999, and, mm. and that was like Stone Age all the way up to like Iron Age. Yeah. Age of Empires two was like medieval, and the Age of Empires three was like Renaissance and Revolutionary. Okay. Era. Yeah. So,
0: have you guys ever they, heard of a game called Stronghold? It's like, uh, like you build a castle, you build like, uh, you build a, you know, your infrastructure, you got your farmers, you got your everything. Like you build a civilization basically. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen this before.
0: Yeah. I was super into that game when I was younger.
2: Makes Ca- sense. Kind of it, similar. It's definitely similar. Yeah. It's definitely similar. It looks more like a, like a, a like maybe a little simpler, like more straightforward. Yeah. Bit. yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But no, yeah, I love Age of Empires. That was my that'd be like my other go to game if it wasn't COD.
0: Right on. Those are great answers, and hopefully, the people watching got to know your you know your gaming history a little better, what yeah. you've been into. There we go. Uh, bringing it back to uh, content, I guess. Uh, I wanted to get your your thoughts on so so we try to like you know, pull out information from our guests in their area of expertise. And hopefully it translates to some people watching who like want to get involved. So yeah. I wanted to get your, your, I guess, top three pieces of advice for someone who's kind of at base level and they want to get into content and, you know, they want to start pers- pursuing that passion like we talked about. For sure. Top yeah. three pieces of advice coming from someone like yourself who's been in it and doing it for a while.
2: Yeah, I mean, step one is obviously just do it. Like like we talked about before, you just got to do it. And if you have any interest in it, start posting, commit to doing it on like a semi-consistent basis, like a one at least once a week or something along those lines. Um, and then do what you love to do. Like if you're not enjoying it, find a different piece of, like you have to enjoy the process. So if you don't, it don't matter. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, that's like number one mm-hmm. is enjoy the process slash just do it um and then uh step two is yeah like when like finding your niche and again that kind of comes with posting i mean i i i posted for a long time without really figuring out my niche and what i wanted to do like i said i posted gameplays for a long time which is such a saturated market mm-hmm. and uh, obviously i'm by no means some elite Duty player so it's like it's hard for me to to get to a point where it's like well i need to watch this guy because he's just the best player hey ever. man you know? it's in
0: your name dude
2: I, well maybe so you know uh that's what i'm trying to trick people into when the, when they're out here watching the game plays you know mm. and um but nowadays it's tough because it's like the elite it's the elite category for league plays so it's like well if you change i've gotten that a few times in stream maybe you should change your name to salvation's master <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay cool
2: <laughs> then, um the uh yeah so okay that that'd be number one number two like so, yeah, finding niches so, again, after you start posting for a while, I think it hopefully will start developing naturally, like what your niche looks like. Um, It took a while for me. I mean, I kind of combined my uh, my my passions and strengths of like scouting. And that was something I was really interested in 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 like high school and in college of potentially going into NFL scouting. And I was like, well, I'm watching NFL film. Why don't I watch the pro cod film? right on yeah i was like why haven't i thought of this already yeah and so i should just do that and so i posted my first learn from the pros video during iw the worst god and then went on from there and so that kind of like the learn from the pros aspect of watching pros gameplay and breaking it down kind of became a staple on the channel and uh, that was kind of the big breakthrough for me to kind of create my first niche and then i started realizing there's, there's a big niche for like spicy content and or hot takes in the cdl mm-hmm. when it comes to like really doing like like the tier risk videos i do like it's so controversial and like it's basically a lose lose in the sense that like you're never going to be perfectly right yeah someone's gonna get it. offended yeah. gonna be offended you're gonna some people are gonna hate it and so i kind of saw it as my second niche to kind of be willing to do that type of content and uh uh, yeah, rank players in that sense. And so those are kind of like my two niches right now is the, the tips slash breakdown and then the spicy, hot takey type videos. Mm-hmm. Well.
0: Yep, for sure.
2: So uh, Man. number two, finding the niches. And then number three is just, I think, like really just diving into the thing that you're talking about, the content that you're doing or the thing that you're doing and uh, really learning that whole space on YouTube. Because that thing, A, that'll help you find a niche. B, that'll help you find more opportunities. And I think it's important to like watch other people's content. I know a lot of YouTubers don't watch other people's content, or like don't watch a lot of YouTube as a whole, but at least for me, like watching a lot of YouTube has really helped me develop my content and uh, find out things that other people do really, really well, whether it's on their podcasts or in, in you know, I, I listen to tons of podcasts and watch tons of podcasts and uh, other YouTube videos. And so like, I think I found a lot of inspiration and uh, and like, just fun content throughout the years watching other people's in other random genres, whether that's FIFA or random other bigger YouTubers or smaller YouTubers or other small podcasts that I can take, I can like kind of use their segments or ideas or ways they approach their content to help my content in slow ways and and just kind of slowly learn and take each each day or each video as an opportunity to improve your content in one little way at a time, which is kind of always been my, my thought of it and my process and how I approach it.
0: Right on. I, I've actually hit on this on the TL at some point, um, right. just about the uh, the creation creative process, right? And yeah. I'm glad you mentioned watching other content because personally for me, consuming content is a part of my creative process. Yeah. Uh, and I know for some people it's not, but I think it's important because when you consume other pieces of content, you can A, get ideas – I mean, you know, the goal is never to like rip someone off or rip off what they're mm-hmm. doing, but just just the execution at which they're they're putting stuff out at it it gives you it sparks my creative you know process for me, and you know just little things, little minor details that they might be doing that I can maybe apply. Uh, I think it's a huge piece to the creative process for me personally.
2: One hundred percent. Like, I mean, it's so relevant even in watching in Call of Duty. I mean, like, I think it's like, like for me, it's. I mean, I do a lot of tips videos. I, I haven't done as many the past like month or so just because it's been pretty slow with the competitive scene right now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, normally I'm doing tons of tips videos and it's like if I'm not in taking other people and like trying to improve myself, I find myself getting into ruts of like, what should I talk about now? What should I improve on? Like, what should I try to like, you know, work through now? And so I think it's been, that's always been really important for me to like in, intake other people's tips videos and like really like focusing on how they're playing and watching other people who are really good play. And then it helps me kind of like figure out a way in, in the content that I want to talk about as well. So I 100% agree with you in that regard, for sure.
1: For sure. I got to give you some credit, man. If it weren't for your content, I would not be where I'm at today as far as knowledge of Competitive Call of Duty and even like knowing what Competitive Call of Duty is. Because it wasn't when last year when I actually got into this, when Modern Warfare, I literally searched YouTube like Competitive Call of Duty and yeah. guess you showed up hey let's go this guy right here so i'm not kidding you i used to watch your shit like on my phone yeah. and then like apply it like shooting bots and stuff like at the same time
2: hell yeah that's like i'm car. not kidding
1: you like that's so awesome. yeah no, so I would not you
2: mean, be like, here I'm today
1: right, if it weren't for your content
2: thank you brother well i'm i wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for your content I mean, hey i <laughs> would not be here right now uh but the uh yeah i agree with you like this the the whole aspect of like, the amount know, of tips videos that I've listened to while shooting bots to help inspire tips videos that I've made is like legit. So it's like there is like a cycle of like content there and and hearing other people's opinions. And I've always felt like I definitely excel like when I'm in taking other people's opinions and it helps me cultivate new opinions based off of. I feel like I'm never like the most original guy, but I'm really good at like piecing together a lot of different things. Yeah. And, then, and creating something new. Like if someone hands me a lot of ingredients, I can create something new. But I'm not necessarily good at finding those ingredients myself all the time. So right. um, I, I wouldn't classify myself as the most creative person ever because like, I'm just really good at seeing what other people do well and kind of implementing that into my content.
0: That's a, that's a great analogy, a great way of putting it actually like, you know, someone who there's the inventors, if you will, the, the super creative people who like, you know, they're walking down the street and this light bulb goes off and they just have this idea out of nowhere. Right. But then you have people like yourself who can absorb content from all different angles and all different types of ingredients, like you say, and put it, make it digestible to the people. Like, yeah. That's important. And that, mm-hmm. that takes skill as well. That is not an easy job. So credit it's to an you.
1: Interpretation. It's, an, it's an analytical interpretation to be mm-hmm. able to kind of regurgitate that. Like he was saying, like the way you chew on it is different. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah, for sure. And like, this is like, I, th- that's what I'm always saying is like people are like, you should be like an analyst for the CDL. And like, I mean, I mean, I guess I'd be down, but I'm going to sense of like Merck, how Merck does it, where it's like live live breakdowns while wow, casting is insanely impressive oh yeah and like for me it's like i gotta watch it a few times to regurgitate and like really like deep deep like deep dive into a lot of these things but like i've never been like the the on the spot type of guy for that type of stuff or like you know you you know, have you know, your I'm,
0: process i'm assuming I got my
2: process my preparation and then mm-hmm. when i'm prepared i can feel like i can deliver like really really good content but, like that's why i have so much respect for guys like merc because he can just bang seize it and i'm like dang, I would have had to watch that back to get that. Decision. Yeah. But that. And Merck just kills it. So that's why he gets paid the big bucks.
1: Yeah. Well, he was, he was in the league, man. He's pretty, he, was, oh, he yeah. was a pro. Like that's what, that's what it is. Another goaded, uh, dude, I think chance is awesome.
2: For sure. For sure.
0: Yeah. They're doing a great job over great there. Job at
2: that. Yeah. I mean like, you know, Merck. Yeah. Merck, I just, both of those guys, Merck's especially for, for me is like just really impressive and he does everything right. And like, he's just a, like stand-up guy too i i worked with him a little bit i did my internship with mlg in their offices in columbus nice like i I worked with Merck a little bit there um and he was great all the way through so just as good off camera as he is on camera so uh
0: great segue because i wanted to chat with you about those mlg days so oh heck yeah uh what was that internship because there were some i i believe shout out icy for a second I see. You know who you are. Yeah. He he made us privy to. He uh, made us privy to some video footage of you up on main stage at some point um, behind the scenes. So I wanted to ask you about that specific uh, uh, interaction and what you were doing there and what that internship was like and yeah, exactly how that came about.
2: Yeah. So fall of what 2017, World War II release. So when World War II came out, um, I was, you know, in college and I was like looking for a practicum that fall to do a practicum. But my options were either do a practicum with the college, which is lame. because I was already working with the college yeah. for uh, <clears throat> athletics or I go work with I like a local high school. I was like, well, that's lame. And <laughs> then I was like, I don't know. I wanted to find something more interesting. I was always kind of contrarian with that type of stuff. I didn't want to be like everybody else. Yeah, so right. I wanted to do something more interesting. And so I DM'd Adam Apicella on LinkedIn. And I was like, hey, Adam, any chance you're looking for someone to come down to the office and help around? I'll do whatever you need. On like one day a week, I'll drive down. Um, it's like a two-hour drive. I'll drive down once a week and, and like do whatever you guys need at the office. And, and he was like, sure. I was like, can't believe that works. <laughs> yeah. So um, basically within a few weeks, I was driving up to Columbus once, once a week to uh, work in their offices, just helping around. They were like really good. They treated it more like a learning experience for me than anything else. And so, I got to sit on sit in on some phone calls with all those guys and and like really soak in a lot of information, and like really get like a full on like land, like really like deep dive into the business of esports. I thought it was really, really cool. And, uh, you know, the more the more I got involved, the more I was like, yes, this is what I want to do and like be involved with for a long time. And uh, after that practicum, they offered like, yo, want to come work events with us and a referee with the open bracket and maybe like some, you know, feature station and stuff like that. I'm like, 100%, I'm in. Let me know when, where I will be there. And so my first event there was uh, World War II CWL Dallas um, in December of that year. So that was... was Cool experience,
0: huh? It's it's, it's It's sick, dude.
2: Every single CWL event after that. And then uh, I was able to ref with CDL after it turned to eSports engine working it. Um, And so I worked most of the events in the fall or in the spring before uh, COVID. So it was awesome. And it was like always a good time getting involved with the AM scene too and kinda had of getting my keeping my paws in the AM scene and keep staying connected by refing it that way too.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh key thing you mentioned that we've talked about in in previous episodes and, and something we like to relay to our audience is shoot your shot man because you never know what will come of it like that that one you know message you sent on linkedin like if you never sent that like we wouldn't be talking about this right now and you don't know like that all that experience gained all that behind the scenes knowledge you got uh, you would have never gotten any of it if you didn't just you know have the courage to send that send that message you never know
2: it's crazy you know and like yeah it was just a whole lot changed just because of that message to adam and so shout out adam for giving me the opportunity because who knows if i would have even kept doing youtube or at least competitive cod youtube if it wasn't for being that involved with the scene from then on out so i don't know who knows um but yeah i I 100 agree with like the whole dm thing as well because it's like man i know how bad i am at dms and so it's like following up with people like if you're reaching out is like so important because i'm like i don't even get that many dms compared to i imagine people who have a lot more audience than me and like, I can't imagine like, like a guy like Adam who's dealing with probably hundreds of emails a day and like some random kid reached out to him on LinkedIn. I, I'm surprised you're, I mean, thinking about it in my, in like his perspective, I'm like, I can't believe you ever replied, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, it, it is important to kind of like be, be proactive and like follow up, follow up messages and things like that have always worked really well for me in the past too.
0: And first impressions are very key as well, right? Like sure. from what you, from what you recollected and said about your initial message to him, it was like. You were trying to help. You were trying to solve a problem and it was very direct. And people who are very busy and have their inboxes flooded, like you gotta get to the point kind of thing. And uh, you know, word your emails properly and you know, that first impression is key.
2: Yeah. Okay, I just found my first message. This is this is exciting. Okay. So I, I actually have never looked at this since then. So basically, I basically said I sent him a little message. So I sent him like a connection invite on LinkedIn. And I said, hello, Mr. Apicella. (laughs) I'm a sport management student at BGSU. I love, I love competitive gaming. Uh, I'm involved and I have experience like, does MLG have any intern interns or practicum students in Columbus? I would love to help in any way, (laughs) in any way this year, even if it's just one day a week. And then he connected with me. And so then once you connect, you can send a longer message, you know, on LinkedIn. So then I sent a follow-up one and said, you know, basically hello mr rapacella hope all is well thank you for connecting and then i said the same thing blah 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 um and i said i'm i'm passionate about competitive gaming for a long time i'm very excited about the direction of competitive gaming or that the industry is taking and would love to get involved and work in the industry one day i'm messaging you to ask about any potential practicum or internship opportunities in columbus this fall even if it was just one day a week i would love to help mlg in any way i can i have marketing experience game day operations experience general business experience in a range of sports at BGSU, as well as training in many uh, genres of leadership with a scholarship program. I'm a part of I have a passion. I'm, I'm passionate about all, everything I do and I'm always aimed to achieve excellence, blah, 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 blah. Um, you can look more at my LinkedIn profile for more information. I appreciate you taking the time to read this. Yeah. And perfect. if you replied, email me at Adam and I'll point you in the right direction. So I'm sure I sent him another email. applied mm-hmm. to going along those same lines. And then uh, we were off to the races. Right on. So, yeah, there you go. There's a live look in at the Josh's LinkedIn messages from 2017.
0: So if there's anyone out there, you know, you're young, you're ambitious, and you know, you have your sights set on, you know, uh, a place where you might want to intern or you might want to get your feet in the door. Like that's a perfect example of shooting your shot, but doing it in a way that comes across, you know, very professional and you know, approachable and direct to the point where you're not wasting anybody's time. So we always encourage people like younger, our younger audience, you know, like. Shoot your shot, man. Shoot yeah. your shot. Been
2: like doing it. Oh, sorry. You fire away.
0: No, I was gonna say
1: maybe choice a platform too, right? Yeah, for sure. So I mean, you sent that. You sent them a message on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is historically like how you do how how businesses online can can do business with each other, right? right. Hiring and stuff like that. So. You know, for young cats out there that actually want to work in the industry, maybe learn everything there is to know about LinkedIn instead of just shooting a Twitter DM, which isn't that 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 personal, you know.
2: Yeah. And like so. the nice thing about LinkedIn is it has all of your history right there. Like it's one click away for a person to be like, all right, what else has he got? You know, and check out and you can really like load up your LinkedIn with like examples. And and like if you're creating graphics, you can link your graphics there. You can post videos that you worked on. There's a lot of cool ways, I think, to, like, really, like, make a LinkedIn profile that can, like, is, in my opinion, 10 times better than, like, a like a resume or something like that, you know? Um, but, yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with that. And, like, um, it, it, is, it is, like, really interesting with, like, how that works with reaching out and what that could mean. Like, um, I don't know if you guys saw, like, the whole, like, little sc- small controversy with, like, the Rocker and, like, their job listing. Yeah. Kind of, like, yeah. roasting them for... Only paying their interns like $15 mm-hmm. an hour mm-hmm. for all of this work that they were doing. I was like, $15. I'm like, Oh do no, man. That's kind of steep. I've yeah. like getting paid royalty for an intern, I guess. I don't know. I had never worked an internship that was that was paid. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. Whole, yeah. opinion, it was like, if you're work, if you're doing something you love doing, I think you're willing to do it for free at, at the end of the day. But obviously you shouldn't be doing that free for a long time but like a foot in the door type situation where you're working like a little bit of time with someone Mm -hmm. and helping in any way you can i think that's the way to go to get to get involved and uh yeah like really offering up your services and like being pretty precise how you're like hey i can help you in this way this way and this way and i'll work for free for this amount of time and like the less amount of like negotiating that the person that you're messaging has to do and it's more like just a yes or no type answer i think the better
0: yeah. And I, I come from a generation, I'm a millennial. I come from a generation of like where you pay your dues, right? Like yeah. it's not uh, nowadays, uh, it's, it's like everybody wants everything instantly. It's like, but like, you know what I mean? In the situation of Rocker, like this is a CDL franchise team. And if your, you know, goal is to get into the CDL, you know, professionally one day, like this is a golden opportunity, in my opinion. Oh. Like you run at that and you take that mm-hmm. and you make the most of it. And of course, eventually it's, it might turn into something bigger, more than $15 an hour. But like you said, like back in, you know, when I would was doing internships at a college and stuff, I didn't get paid for anything, man. Like. <laughs> You you pay your dues, right? like And rightfully so, like the company's taking a chance on you to see what you're all about, right? Yeah, They're I not going to break agree. the bank if I they mean, don't like know. The
2: opportunity is, at least in my opinion, payment enough to like kind of prove yourself and, and mm-hmm. show your worth. And like, if you can work for free and do a good job, like then I think that just really shows what you can do if uh, you're getting like paid and like really a part of an organization. Yeah. Like, I think you can really wield like the idea that I worked for free and did was able to do this for free then like imagine what I'll be able to do when I'm getting paid and like as a mm-hmm. part of the organization, as a family, like then it's like, that's the thing that's a pretty powerful argument to make, get hired.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh,
1: oh. Back, no, go ahead, Jim. I was going to say, well, what, what does that bullet point on your resume look like too? intern for Minnesota Rocker?
2: Minnesota Rocker, like, like, yeah.
0: Yeah, you if, know? That, if, if esports is your goal, like that carries weight. Like you want that on your resume. You take that and you run. <laughs> that's yeah. just my opinion on it. Oh, 100%. Uh, Yeah. Back to your back to content though, Josh. Uh I you're probably gonna say all of it, but I wanted to like, you know, just get your opinion. Like what's your favorite piece of content that you make? Like what what do you have the most like enjoyment what you know, what videos or series do you have the most enjoyment making? I mean,
2: the the video I think I'm still like most happy I made would have been the history of cod video. Um, I don't know if you guys ever saw that one. but Yeah, like, I've a, watched it. it was like the History of COD got like in 20 minutes, like a really fast-paced video piecing together a lot of the biggest moments mm-hmm. in COD since the beginning and the founding. I'm, I'm really happy I made that video. I, got, I think it was more for myself than anything. Um, and was, I thought it was a cool timing because it was leading. Uh, I made it basically a few months before franchising, like before Modern Warfare. So it was like I thought it was a pretty cool time to make like a History of COD video to kind of date a lot of the most important aspects of, the, of competitive COD before we had the new era of the COD League. For sure. Um, so that was one that I'm really happy I made. Um, consistent content. I always am really, like, fulfilled if I put together, like, a really, like, uh, helpful tips video that I, I think is, like, a really good breakdown of, like, how Faze plays Search and Destroy or whatever it is and, like, really apply that to how people can play COD themselves. I think it's really, like, full cool content. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the podcast is just good vibes. It's just a good time. Um, so I just, I definitely enjoy that one, but it's more of, like, I just like the, like the aspect of it. And I kind of like what we're doing there. I'm still hoping that we can even innovate more in the podcasting space and continue to make it more unique as more competition keeps popping up. Right. Uh, so, you know, cause I mean the, the, the explosion of long form content in the cod scene the past year or so has been pretty significant. So yes. it's uh, there's definitely more competition right now than there's ever been. Uh, so, Oh yeah. far away. Sorry
1: to cut you off, but this is something funny about your, how to play S and D in your league last year in the salvation's elite league we played each other oh yeah tnt we were tnt we played search on our peak and i was using some of your your own strats that you put <laughs> in your video against you bro <laughs> and there was you and i had a one-on-one moment where i was literally playing chicken with you at the bomb site yeah dude
2: <laughs> was this during the tax sprint times because if it was i mean that's only that was my favorite time of modern warfare i missed tax yeah man that was great but no yeah that is comedy though that is some comedy bro it's like
0: here here's how to play this and then what What are you're the smoking, odds that it's being used you're, against you, you. <laughs>
2: you're smoking
1: open and you're spitting right up and you're just sitting there like waiting because they're all at all at the boxes right there I, I was doing that. that shit against you bro <laughs> <laughs> giving
0: away the strats man giving away the strats
2: yeah this has uh, been tough i miss smoking so much I oh man and snipes smokes and snipes
0: man ah.
2: It's just the s and scene. It, it really has. Really,
1: we have Simp and we have Dashi playing Search without sniper rifles in their hands.
2: Unreal. It sucks. Yeah. And it's like, it's just that like the devs, the devs just don't, they just don't care, man. It's just tough.
0: Yeah, we've, we've gone, we've, Dived. I'm sure you have oh, as well.
2: Yeah. We've oh, dived yeah.
0: super deep into that on previous episodes. And a new one. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it it it's just uh, it's a missed opportunity. It's unfortunate, man, because you know, super, you know, fans fans of the game like S and D um is kind of like a non-factor now like it, of course within the actual match structure it's a factor you want to win but like from a you know um a fan's perspective it's become a non-factor this year whereas in in past it was like you know respawn yeah everybody's hype for respawn like hardpoint like oh man you know simp drop 50 like etc but like there's some snd kids who are like can't wait for that snd match cuz they want dashy to pull out that snipe they want to see what magic yeah. he can do you know what i mean it, it's missed sure. It's, it's like, turned into who's got better
1: connection and it's come into like, a, it's like timing thing. Like who's got better timing and who's got better connection. Not so much as who's got the better tactics.
2: Yeah. It's, it's weird. because like the tactics do rely on, on like a team's ability to use timing and like to understand timing and like the teams that have the, the best understanding of timing and how to fake rotations and how to like use those things are, are who's succeeding right now. But it's like, and, and you're seeing a lot of the most patient teams who are the best in Search and Destroyer, like LAG and Toronto, who are like just so patient and so good. And we've seen Optic be way better at being patient, but really, it's really what, what makes them so good is their ability to get first bloods with their ARs. is uh-huh. what doing, so good. And, uh, and so it is an interesting conversation. And it's like, S&D is just in such a weird spot right now versus other years. And like, it, it, I do think it is a little bit less exciting to watch this year than many other years, just because of the lack of playmaking ability this season. I think, we've been seeing for the most part where it's just there's just moments where you're just a 1v3 like even last year it was like all right a 1v3 is tough but like if you had smoke and dead silence you you couldn't rule you you had a chance yeah you had a smoke and dead silence last year you had a chance to make a 1v3 happen this year i mean besides like maybe two or three instances where it's just unfortunate timing like it's accuracy (laughs) yeah i mean accuracy (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah
2: they're already pissed just talking about that uh, but yeah, accuracy and like we've we had a one v four. We've had a few like crazy moments in S and D, but like you, you know, it, it's it, missing
0: it, that element of magic, man, with the snipes and the smokes and the elusiveness, you know.
2: It is, and so hopefully we can get that back at some point. But we'll see. um The maps also play into it at least a little bit as well, where it's just not not ideal still right yeah. now with search and destroy, but. That's a hole. We, we can talk about the game That's all day. a rabbit hole. It yeah,
0: is. it is a rabbit hole. Uh, I, had, I did have a, one more COD question for you. Uh, as a fan, so Josh the fan, not Josh the analyst, not Josh the content creator. All right. Josh the fan, right? What was your favorite competitive COD to watch?
2: Ghosts, for sure. It was definitely ghosts. Um, because in that season, I was, I, was whole, I was fully bought into the optic saga of like the underdog story. Like in Ghost with Nade Shot and like, you know, Big T and then he retired. And then you had the whole scump leaving Optic for the day drama and Optic B, or Scump B like Nade Shot during that time. And like that whole drama that year was again, like back when I was like I was the Optic I was the Optic fan, where I was basically mostly just watching Optic, unless it was like a grand final or something, you know? Um, and so that was definitely the year I where I was like most fan. Like the when I was actually the biggest fan of competitive COD would have been that year because like i said after aw after Nate shot retired i started looking at it more from like the the analyst type of idea right like especially by world war ii i was full on in like as analysts. breaking
0: it down yeah
2: creator aspect and so since then i i really truly don't have any fandoms and there's the optic shirt yo 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 (laughs) video 2021 baby (laughs) (laughs) heaviest hoodie
1: i've ever owned.
2: Oh, is it, is it that heavy? Because I know Dude, I bought it the, is like a weighted uh, blanket. Yeah, that's what the Huntsman, the Huntsman original Huntsman hoodie was. It was like I, I bought it because I thought this might be like a cool like collector type of like thing. Considering it's like the optic. I yeah. knew people would be kind of. Now it's even more weird because it's like they only existed for one season. But um, yeah, that hoodie's crazy heavy, too, which is crazy. But I do need I, I still need optic merch. I need London. I need I need uh, Toronto and Florida. I think are the four i need still i have eight i have eight of the 12. so i'm i'm slowly working my way there to having all merch from all teams
1: so i had this idea when i was oh. a so oh, are we talking the cod idea have we arrived? we'll get into that okay we'll get into that right <laughs> after this so i'm a huge soccer fan grew up playing soccer i love watching uh soccer overseas I was stationed in Italy once upon a time, and it was insane. Like, match day is wild. Who's your um,
2: favorite international team?
1: Uh, I'd have to say, man, that's actually hard to... So, are we talking, like, like club? Club. Oh, it's got to be, um, well, in Britain, I like Arsenal.
2: Lame. And then um, <laughs> <laughs> Bayern Munich, man. Really? Bayern? Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I always loved Bayern. I mean, like I'm a I'm a Dutch fan because my grandparents were Dutch, and mm-hmm. uh, so like I they were not, they are immigrants, and so it's like kind of cool. I just always kind of like since because of that, I always and then they were in the summer they were second in the World Cup in 20 Yeah, when I was really like really getting into soccer back then, and so ever since then I've been a big Dutch fan. So of course I liked Bayern because of Arjen Robben, and then yeah. uh, I, I loved Man U because of Van Persie. Right after we transferred in, um, and so those I've always been like. That kind of United has been my team since then. So For sure. I'm on the United bandwagon. But, yeah. Um, that's cool. But by the way, United States 2026 World Cup, we're finishing top six. At the oh, yeah. Minute. We are going oh, to yeah. finish in the 2026 World Cup. I chance. believe. Uh, I chance. believe
1: i believe that we will win (laughs) no so i wanted once upon a time i wanted to get so every country i've been to uh like just personally visited i wanted to get their their national jersey and then have it built into like a giant quilt that's cool and like put it on like a garage wall or something and like just kind of start piecing it i think it'd be so sick to do with like anything like Call of Duty merch or whatever. Like I think they'd be sick. Like that. imagine your entire wall just covered with jerseys, all yeah. like sewn together, and that's, that's just like back.
0: that's art. Sick. That's art.
2: Hell yeah! Let somebody make that happen. Let's go. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> now. Oh,
0: no. All right. Going Jim.
2: into my idea. Okay, this this has been hyped up, everybody out there. This I'm I'm looking forward I,
0: to this. I don't even know it yet, Josh. So
2: Oh really? Okay. Yeah. We're gonna Let's have go. to clip
1: this too, man. So competitive Call of Duty as a whole, right? We struggle because we have a, a new COD that comes out every year.
2: Right. Right.
1: Imagine we take Cold War, because it's a pretty decent engine. Movement's movement's where it should be. It's kinda like it right now, movement is similar ish to Black Ops two, in my opinion. You take, this Call of Duty is like the base game for competitive, right? You you don't create any more competitive Call of Duties. You just okay, use Cold legacy, War Engine. A legacy, competitive. a legacy competitive. Because, I mean, Counter-Strike Go has been around. League of Legends, all these really successful yes. esport games, they don't change their game. You have the professionals leading into every year, vote on the meta. Okay. The meta's got to be different every year. Like- we're talking we're talking guns okay you're voting on what's going to be the meta guns that year and the 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 for for the competitive side of the house they're working with devs to to make sure things are good right
2: maybe it's like the nfl draft this is like an event this is like right a- yeah <laughs> exactly how
1: they're how they're grouping everybody meta it draft. should be it should be live, dude. You should have like an AR from every team, a sub from every team, a coach from every team. They have their little deliberation period and everyone puts in, it's, it could be a whole production, right? And then you have the maps. And this is the thing. You have so many weapons. You have all the SMGs that have been meta every COD. You have all the maps that have been in, the, in, the, in every COD. You have so much content and so much development that's already made for you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. So every year you have a new set of maps that come out from different CODs. And then every year you have a different meta of weapons. But same, same game, everybody can kind of get on board and everybody could get used to.
2: Yeah, my, my, my initial thought would be like, I mean, that's basically like what COD Mobile is in theory. Like it's the, mm. the base game with all the guns of history in it with lots of legacy maps. And yeah. A, a, kind of a base to build off of. I don't know. my My only thought would be viewership wise, is just like would it get stale? Are we willing? Yeah, are we willing to to become stale? Like become like will the meta will your, will your meta draft idea like keep it fresh? Maybe it does, and uh, and like we go from there. I mean, obviously the most real like the problem with this is that at the end of the day there has to be a revenue. It has to be a revenue decision for Activision mm-hmm. to ever make it even possible in the first place. Yeah. It all
0: comes down to money. And fact is they make way too much money every year on a new game. Like
2: that's with pain, right? You yeah. know, so it's like the bigger thing for me is like I, I like your idea of like the, the legacy aspects of it. And so like in my in my opinion, there should be like the CDL should negotiate with Activision to ensure that we have a base set of maps that are in or at least like a a way to choose what maps are in legacy maps that are in each mm-hmm. game from launch that ensures that we at least have a decent map set of competitive maps year in and year out, which at least helps yeah. stabilize things for competitive COD a little bit. Because like every year when you're having to like go through and decide whether or not Hackney Yard is competitive or whether or not like Grasna Raid, it should be an S and D map. You're like, bro, like, dude, we're having to work with this. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's just so frustrating.
1: Well, you see the historic, I mean, all the black ops two max maps that are coming in.
2: Right. And they're great.
1: They're great. I mean, stand, I'm stoked for Standoff.
2: Oh, it's gonna be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I, I totally get that. I think the bigger, the biggest hurdle would be, yeah, like the the staleness aspect combined with like again a bigger a bigger splitting of the the competitive users pie. If mm-hmm. we've got the Warzone people, we've got then the new Call of Duty people, and then we have the competitive people. Like you're just continuing to segment off the audience, which is what where it's like. In an ideal world, we can unify those audiences to really start watching competitive COD. And that's the biggest problem, I think, right now for competitive COD is that we've been continuing to push this way with, with gentlemen's agreements while casuals are going the complete opposite way with uh-huh. Warzone and things like that. And it's like, we, this is why we've been needing league play for 10 years. And yeah, it's just, there's all these issues that come down from stemming from gentlemen's agreements and the lack of league play. That's yeah. caused for a massive division in viewership, even though Warzone can pull, you know, Nick Merckx. Nick Merck's having four hundred thousand viewers on the launch of a new crazy on, on a new. Uh,
1: well, I also miss the the CDL having their Warzone like events. Yeah, where do they go? That,
2: that was pretty is pretty sick. Surprising. You know, it is surprising that they didn't bring that back.
1: I wonder because there were there were dudes playing for, for CDL teams that weren't actually on right. the team.
2: And it now was we have their content creators. Like Those guys are like part of the CDL. Like, part of the other team is Aiden joined New York. And so it's like, you. I'm surprised they're not doing more of that, even mm-hmm. though Johanna Ferries did say that they were looking, they were going to be implementing more Warzone into the CDL. So I'm not sure why that hasn't happened yet. That's yeah. It's a little bit weird. And like, I don't know. Like, it's also weird that like 100T picked up, like, you know, LA Thieves picked up in Rated and uh, Tommy as own content creators yeah. I, even though it's like that was la thieves not uh, i don't know it's just a weird situation with that
0: mm-hmm. my, my guess is uh i'm assuming that like the cdl kind of managed the structure and the production of those warzone tournaments or events back last year my assumption would be that when covid hit and they had to fully pivot to online like all their resourcing went towards that and you know oh. they didn't really have any time for these warzone tournaments but I'm assuming like come summertime maybe like when the CDL or or early fall when the CDL like tones down a bit that we might see some of those tournaments yeah. back.
2: I'd imagine like especially after because like right last year it was just such a dead period after like the dead period was so bad. It was like champs was like what August it ended like August 30th or something. Oh. Yeah. yeah three and a half months of nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing. The yeah. roster mania was spicy AF because we're going back to, to fours. But mm-hmm. like this offseason, nothing's going to happen. I mean, like it's going to be so much less than the previous year because we're not going from fives to fours again. It's just like we need a lot of offseason events this year. A lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On
0: For sure. Yeah. All right. Enough COD talk. Back to Josh. The last segment to get to know you a little better. Uh, we like to call this segment this or that. So, Jimbo, I need 60 seconds on the clock, please. Oh, let's get
1: it. I'm going to be asking you
0: a series of questions, rapid fire, this or that. You pick one or the other uh, just to get to know you a little better. All right. Cool? Sounds good. Yes. Let me know when you're ready, Jimbo. I'm ready. You start it when I ask the first question. Cool? All right. You ready, Josh? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Nice car or nice house? Oh, nice house for sure. Not even close. What's worse, laundry or dishes?
2: Uh, laundry. Okay. It.
0: Jogging or hiking?
2: Uh oh, jogging, obviously.
0: Bath and or work. shower?
2: Oh, it's, uh, uh, oh, I'll take a shower.
0: Sure. All right. Sneakers or sandals?
2: Sneakers, for sure. Sneakers.
0: Hamburger or taco?
2: Oh, hamburger. Tacos suck. Uh,
0: online shopping or shopping in a store?
2: Uh, online shopping.
0: Uh, passenger or driver?
2: Passenger, why not? Tablet or computer? Computer, for sure. Blue or red? Blue. Car or truck? Unless it's Nebraska, then red, because go big red. <laughs> uh, <laughs> car, for sure.
0: Uh, candy or popcorn at the movies? Five. Five. Not even close. Four. Uh, three, pancakes or waffles? Two. No, pancakes if one. they're One. Coke or Pepsi, last question.
2: Pepsi, not even close.
0: Wow, okay, there we go. Got some spicy ones in there.
2: Oh, yeah. Tacos are overrated. There's no...
1: (laughs) Brother, I'm a chef. I am a chef. I can turn anything into a taco.
2: Again, tacos are fine. Like, I'll eat it. If you give me a taco, don't get me wrong. It's going in my belly. Uh, the, the, The thing is, this is like, would I rather have pizza? Of course. Would I rather have a burger? Obviously. Would I rather have a hot dog? 100%. So it's like, when do, when do you go down the, the totem pole of foods to hit taco? It's like, eh, it's overrated.
0: you It's sitting around five, it looks like, on your list or maybe yeah, even lower. Yeah,
2: definitely lower. Because then we're going like pastas and we're going like other meats. And then we're going, you know, like all types of barbecue, anything.
0: Right. Taco. For sure. You know? All right. We've hit the point in the podcast where we are doing the first episode of our new segment oh. called Clip It, where we, myself... Evil and Josh, our first guest judge, will be reviewing people's clips that they have submitted and rating them. Uh, the, the winner of today's episode gets entered into our leaderboard and they're going to be hit with a prize. So if anybody who's listening on Spotify, uh, head over to YouTube and you'll see the uh, this segment. Um, You won't be getting it on audio, unfortunately, because it requires you to, you know, watch the clips, but yeah, stay tuned and head over to YouTube to watch this part.
2: (laughs) Get those YouTube ads, baby. Yeah. Uh,
0: Josh, just to end it off here, man, wanted to say appreciate you, uh, appreciate, you know, keep killing the game. You got your content, your content's on point. Uh, what you do for the COD community is amazing. It's on point and uh, it's inspiring to be honest with you. And it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Great to get to know you. Hopefully the people watching got to know you a little better on a personal level and took away some you know, gems of advice and information. And uh, yeah, just appreciate you for coming on, man.
2: Yeah, man, dude, I, I love doing it. Maybe I can come back on again at some point and we can hash it up again because
0: uh, it was a great time. For sure, man. 100% we will run it back in the future.
2: Or sure dude, I'm looking forward to it. 100%.
0: Jimbo, any last words? Uh
1: no nah, man, this is honestly like I knew we were going to like from just the interactions we've already had between playing in your league and and doing everything last year, like consuming your content, I'm kind of like a little starstruck right now, not gonna lie. Like salvation's like this is kind of cool, man. So yeah bro like you know it was was just cool to fucking vibe out man and honestly like thank you for coming take time out of your busy schedule to come vibe out vibe out with some uh millennial boomers man
2: (laughs) bro thanks
0: right millennial boomers on the boomcast and with that note thank you all for watching and tuning in uh salvations elites socials are going to be listed on the screen make sure if you don't if you aren't already following him make sure you hit him up hit him with a follow hit him with a like check out his content and if you've made it to the end of this video we appreciate you make sure you hit us with a like a subscription you know comment and that's it for this episode of the boomcast we're signing out <laughs>